take a minute real quick and introduce myself first. Thank you for choosing the best breakout session we're going to have today. So, yeah, we'll, high expectations, right? My name is Isaiah Rowe. I, uh, I'm a pastor at Victor Christian Center uh, in Coitsville. Does anybody know where Coitsville is at? You are probably the one, two people if you've been there. Coitsville is in the middle of nowhere, right outside of Youngstown. Um, the church there, we have about eight campuses. Um, and so we've been planting and planting, planting churches. And I have the privilege of being on our executive staff, as well as what we know what that means. I, we do everything, right? We're janitors, we're, we're all the good things, right? So, uh, but today we're going to be talking about leading with a spirit of excellence. How many of you guys know that leadership is excellence? If you're going to lead, you've got to lead the right way. Amen? So we're going to go through, I'm going to give you guys some practical points. Uh, there's, like I said, some uh, fill in the blanks that I'll give you. But I really, if I can get you to one place to just understand how important excellence is, because that's the first thing that people, when people come into your church the first time, they don't care who you are, how good you're preaching is, they want to see the whole picture. They want to see how are your greeters, they want to see how are your children's workers, they want to see how clean are your restrooms, they want to see all these things, and it all falls on us as the leaders. So, uh, if we can do me this privilege, let's just close our eyes for a minute, we're going to just open in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time. Father, I thank you that you'd speak through me, use your word, use your scriptures, and we just pray today, Lord God, that what we leave will be better than what we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll start, there's a scripture on your handout right there, and I want to start by reading that. Uh, Proverbs 22, verse 29 says, Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will service before kings, and they will not serve before officials of low rank. Excellence is important. Now, here's the, the main point. If you get anything and you, and you leave, I want you to understand that excellence does not mean that you just do it better than the church down the road. Right? Because in the church world, a lot of times, that's what we think. Oh, we have an excellent kids' ministry. Well, how excellent is it? Well, it's better than the Baptist church across the street. That's what something, or whatever it is. It's better than, it's better than what we've seen before. And today, I just want us to break that mindset of comparing, right? Because a lot of times we compare what we have to what others have or what we do with what others do. We're going to break that comparison and just go to see what God says about being excellent. Uh, as a church leader, you can have and have to control the level of excellence in your area. Whether you're a volunteer, whether you're the lead pastor. You, say me. me. Look at the person by you, say me. me. You have to choose excellence. It's a choice, right? It doesn't, you don't have to have talent to be excellent, which some people might say, huh, that doesn't make sense. We'll get into that down the road. But you don't have to have all these things that we might co compare ourselves with others. Well, I'm not as good as, I'm not as, I can't sing as well as. You can still have excellence in all these areas if you do it the right way. So as a leader, you can have and have to choose the level of excellence. Control is a scary word, right? We can control it, but control is a scary word in the church world, right? You hear control, why'd you leave your last church? Well, they were very controlling. So it's a scary, you know, taboo word, but we're going to talk about it because at times it is necessary to control certain things. And that is the spirit of excellence. We want to control that we don't let things go through and that our name is on if, and if it's not the spirit. Amen. The, the full spirit of the Lord. We want the spirit of excellence in everything we do. I want you to start. And if you're, if you're taking notes, um, write this down. And if you're not taking notes, you can write this down. Um, but I, I want you to start in thinking about, and I want you to write down the name of a person or someone on your team that you serve with 
that you noticed that they have not tapped into a spirit of excellence. Okay? This is not to shame somebody. You can make up a name. You can call them John Doe, but you've got to know who they are. And I want you to think of somebody in your church, in your area, somebody you serve with. Maybe it's you. Right? Right? Write down your own name. Yeah, if that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. No, don't do that. Right? Somebody that you know that has not tapped fully to a spirit of excellence, I want you to write their name down. And the reason for that is because we're going to do something a little bit later. But thank you for joining. If you guys are coming in, there's some handouts. If I give you some of these, if you, if you notice, I'm good to come in. Thank you so much. Going back here. So, uh, again, I don't know if I fully uh, introduced myself. My name's Isaiah. I've got a nice biblical name, right? My name's Isaiah. I am, I'm a coach with the John Maxwell team. Anybody ever heard of John Maxwell? He's got a book or two out there. Yeah, so I've been a part of his team for a lot of years, a couple books, right? I've been a part of his team for a long time, been a leader in the business world, was at a financial company for about six years, uh, really helped grow that. I've been a part of church plants, uh, worked at church staffs in Toledo. Any Toledo ones in here? I know we got no, no Toledo ones. Uh, been on staff at a different churches in Youngstown. Anybody from Youngstown? What? He's like, nah. Right? Um, helped work at a church. I was on staff at a church in St. Louis, Missouri, church of about 8,000 people uh, for about four years working there, and then helped plant a church in Austin, Texas. Um, anybody ever been to Austin? If you've never been to Austin, I'll just make it pretty simple. Their, their motto of their city is keep Austin weird. <laughs> you are not allowed to live in the city limits unless you yourself are weird. So I was only there for a, a little bit. I had to get out of there. And then when I say weird, you can uh, imagine what that means. But so I went around and now I'm, we're back on staff at my wife's home church. Uh, like I said, I'm on the executive staff there and I do all kinds of things. Um, but through all those experiences at every church, churches, uh, plant churches, small churches, large churches, um, churches with multiple locations, every one of them that were successful had this in, in common, that every leader had bought into doing things with a spirit of excellence. Okay? Didn't matter. One church with a budget of $25 million, the next church with a budget of negative $25. Right? All, both can operate in the spirit of excellence. And that's what I want you guys to get today. So, uh, today, write, those, write that name down and do it right away. Send somebody a text maybe right after this and say, hey, I want to meet with you. And maybe that's just about getting that area or whatever better, taking it to the next level, taking it to the next step. Maybe your kids' ministry or church, you know, maybe it's a seven and you want to get it to an eight. Hopefully, you can take something that you get today and help them grow. Maybe it's your, your greeters. You know, maybe all your greeters just got a nasty face and they're scaring people off. You can take something today and take it to the next level to help grow your church. Like I said earlier, excellence is not doing something better than someone else. That's not what excellence is. Is excellence and success the same thing? We can think maybe that's a byproduct of excellence, that maybe you're successful if you do things, but it's not necessarily the same thing. Here's the thought. Excellence Excellence is not an event, it's not something that happens, but it's a process. You will not leave here, I guarantee you, money back guarantee, I'll give you all the money back you paid to come to this session alone. You will not leave here and be excellent overnight. The notes that you're going to take, the big thought that you're going to have, whatever it is, you will not be excellent just by sitting in this class. It's a process that you're going to have to go through, and there's things that you're going to have to change. 
Write this down. Here's why excellence is important. Excellence is important, again, not to be better than somebody down the road, but excellence will take you to places that average cannot go. Excellence will take you to places that average cannot go. And here's one of the things that I've noticed in the church world, too, especially in the business world, it's a completely different mindset. Everybody wants to be excellent. Everyone wants to be the best of the best. But when it comes to the church world, if we do things with excellence, we almost feel bad. That, we, that we're good at something, that we do something well. So we're going to break that mindset today. We're going to break that habit and that feeling. Excellence is about quality, right? How many of you guys, have, if you could have a choice of a filet mignon or 25 cheeseburgers from McDonald's, which one are you going to pick? Unless you've got 25 kids, you're probably picking the filet, right? Parents are like, I'm taking the 25. I can freeze them. I can do, like, you know, lunches for the next week, right? But because quality is almost always better than quantity, right? Almost always, unless you've got 25 kids, then you're taking the 25 burgers, right? Here's the truth about excellence. Excellence doesn't cost as much as it pays. Excellence doesn't cost as much as it pays. The problem is, what do we look at? We look at the sticker price. What does it cost to get excellent? Well, and then you get a big old long list of all the things that it's gonna cost. But the truth is, in the long run, in the big picture, right, that's one of the laws of leadership. There's the law of the big picture. You have to be thinking, you can't think a year from now. I've been a youth pastor multiple times, um, and, and, and one of the things in youth ministry, especially because the average youth pastor only stays for 2.3 years, that they don't think long term. They think, how can, I, how can I make it big right now? But they don't have that law of the big picture. But here's the truth is, is that excellence it really, 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 when you think about it, it's not cheap, right? It's not cheap, but it is gonna, it's going to cost, but you'll get all those dividends paid back. Excellence is not an event, it's a process. We cannot become or achieve excellence after just one conference, one book, this talk, but you have to start planting those seeds today. You have to start doing something today. Because the truth is, for most of you guys, you're leaders. You're, you're here intentionally. You want to grow. You want to get better. But odds are there's probably not going to be any big thing that I say today that you haven't heard said some other way. So what you're going to have to do is take those seeds that have been sowed in your life for year after year after year and conference after conference and do something with it. You're going to have to do something. That's, that's the work part, right? Quality attracts quality. Right? Well, I just, we just need a better kids pastor. Right? We just need better breeders. We just need better volunteers. I mean, not here in this room, but I know people say that. Right? Because you've never said any of those things before. Right? We need a better this. We just, if we could just have an amazing worship leader, our church would grow. Right? Right? If, if the pastor's spouse was just prettier, we could, we could grow. Right? Again, we've never said that, but that, that talk happens in the church world, right? The more you improve, say me, say me, right? Because we're not talking about anybody else. This is not about your senior pastor. This is not about your, your executive pastor. This is not about your youth pastor. This is not about the families in your church. This is about you growing. The more you improve the quality of your, listen, your character, your products and services, the higher the quality of people you will attract, right? Because we say, man, if we just had those good families like that church down the road that's growing, 
Or if we just had those kind of customers if you're in the business world, right? But we want the end product before doing the beginning part, the hard work. Because you have to improve the quality of yourself and your team. How many of you in here work on some kind of leadership team in your church? Maybe you're not the lead pastor, or maybe you are, maybe an executive pastor, or you're in a room that makes decisions. How many of you are part of a team like that? Okay, a good handful of you guys. This is, this is for you, right? And I can say the same if you're you know, a full-time volunteer, right? Which means you're in ministry, you just don't get paid, right? And, uh, but you have to start doing this. You have to improve the quality of your character, the products, the services, and we know our products in the church world look different than in, in, uh, in sales or in the marketplace, but the products and the services, the higher the quality of a people you will attract. How many of you guys want to attract quality people to, your, to the church, right? They're not going to come unless you grow, okay? And it starts with being honest with ourselves because we are amazing at patting ourselves on the back to not feel bad. Right? It's not me. I think God, I know people aren't coming because I'm not a good speaker, or I know it's not because of my lack of leadership, or I know it's not because of this. And then we give an excuse like, God, when you bring that person for my problem, then I know you'll grow it. Right? But sometimes we got to start doing these little things. Character is important. Again, I know not in this room, but how many of you guys maybe know somebody else who maybe have had a moral failure or something that's happened in the church world? Why? Because your character is not at the extent of your leadership. Studies show that excellence in most fields takes practice. How many of you guys have kids that play any sports? Or have had kids, maybe they're growing now and you're just glad they're gone because they're not practicing their tuba or their whatever in the house anymore, right? Practice, excellence in most fields takes practice at least, the studies show at least, a lot more for me, but at least 10,000 hours. This is the average time it takes to be excellent at anything. These are, this, is not a, this is not in the King James. This is not in the Bible somewhere. These are psychological studies that people a lot smarter than anybody in this room have figured out that it takes on average at least 10,000 hours. I started thinking and doing some, some math. Right? How many of you guys off the top of your head can think of anything that you've done at least 10,000 hours of? Okay? Sleep is the first one that came to my mind, so you're not alone. That's what I'm like, I got this. I'm excellent at it, and I am. I can sleep anywhere at any time. Quick story. I went on a missions trip to Thailand a couple years ago. Anybody ever been to Thailand? First off, I loved it. I was the tallest person in the whole country. And I'm five, eight because I got boots on today. So I felt amazing, right? Um... But so it's a very long trip. Thailand, where we flew into Konkan, is pretty much about halfway across the globe. It's really about as far as you can fly. So we flew to Pittsburgh, or from Pittsburgh to New York, and then from New York to Konkan, Thailand. And I, I don't remember, I think it was a 18 or 19 hour flight. 19 hours from takeoff to landing. Again, I told you I was excellent at sleep, right? And I can do it anywhere. On our way back after the mission trip, you know, on my way there, I can't sleep at all. I'm good to go. I'm just excited. On my way back, because I've done the Lord's work, I was so exhausted. I fell asleep. I closed my eyes before we even took off, and I woke up landing in the United States of America. Right? So that's, that's excellent at doing that. Now, now you know, I guess afterwards, the stewardess and stuff, they were like, we were so worried about you. Like, we just kept coming and checking to make sure you're breathing like a... Imagine if you would have died on this flight. Like, it would have been so bad. But 
again, that, took, that takes no talent. That just takes, you know, I guess, what I learned as a teenager to continue on. But being excellent takes hard work. I was thinking about something else that I love to do. My, my friend here, Pastor Earl, has known me since I was about yay high, and we've always competed in basketball together. He was, he was my basketball mentor. I calculated, Earl, uh, my hours playing basketball. 13,000 hours in my life of playing basketball in games or just pick up ball or shooting the hoop outside or whatever. 13,000 hours. So you know I'm currently not in the NBA, right? And I'm not actually that excellent. I always tell people when they ask me, are you good at basketball? Or they I said, I'm amazing for a five foot eight white guy. <laughs> One of the best, right? For a five foot eight white guy, I'm, I'm top tier, right? But, but that alone, those, that, that time alone uh, by itself did not make me excellent. Right? If everything is important, nothing is important. Why do I put that in there? Because we have to focus. If we want to be excellent, we have to focus. Okay? It's not about, again, it's not about 13,000 hours. Right? Now, if I knew what I know now, I probably could have went back and cut those hours in half and made it focus practice and probably ended up a lot better than what I was. Because focus is important. I had to realize that if everything goes important, nothing is important. One of the things that I used to do, especially even in Bible college, anybody been to Bible college here? I went to a school of ministry. And one of the things that you do, of course, in school of ministry is you all talk about what are you called to be, right? You're, and usually in the school of ministry or Bible college are usually one of the main, you know, food groups. You know, you got your, I'm called to be a lead pastor, I'm called to be a worship leader, or I'm called to youth or students, right? Those are usually kind of your main things. Then you got, you know, you're like your appetizers, like evangelism and ministry, you know, all these other things. But I never in my life ever had one of those where I felt like God has called me to be any one of these lanes. Now, I stand here today. I've been a kid's pastor twice. I've been a youth pastor four times. I've been a, an associate pastor three times. I've been an executive pastor twice. I've done all these things, but I never felt like, man, I'm... What am I, like, what am I really called at? Because I prided myself on being, uh, you guys ever hear that saying, um, a jack of all trades, master of none? That was me. Like, I just wanted to be kind of good at everything. Like, I could kind of play basketball. I could kind of play uh, all, all kinds of sports. I could kind of play music. I, I say kind of. I've played for 20 years, and I'm just not good at it, right? But I could kind of do a lot of these things. I could kind of do this, and I could kind of do that. And I never got excellent. Why? Because my focus was on trying to be good at a little bit of everything. Because I wanted to fit in with everybody. I wanted to be able to go to sit down at any table and have something in common with everybody. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. But what that stopped me was as I lost the spirit of excellence in the things that I knew God called me to do. So if you guys take anything away from today, find out what God's called you to do and work on being excellent at that. Because you cannot be successful and be a jack of all trades. Right? You can't. No, again, nobody goes to McDonald's for a porterhouse steak because they, they wouldn't be excellent at it, right? And you don't mind paying above premium for a porterhouse steak. When I, went, when I lived in Texas for three years, every, I mean, there's amazing steak in Texas. I mean, there's a lot of bad things, but the food was great, right? Anybody ever had a Texas steak? A couple people? And their, their steaks, I mean, they're the size of your plate, like for like an appetizer. It's, it's amazing. But, um, but it's important to focus on what you want to be better at. Why? Because excellence takes these two things. 
takes a combination of practice and natural ability. You gotta practice, but you also gotta have a level of natural ability. Again, I could practice 13,000 hours for basketball if I was 6'3 and twice as fast and, and had, you know, better legs, I guess, and, you know, and, and better eyesight. I, I might have been a lot better than what I was because my natural ability kept me at a certain place. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't do it or that God can't use me there or God can't do miracles because God, I've seen God use, and I think there may even be a scripture about this somewhere in the Bible for all you Bible scholars, right, that God will use sometimes those things that we're not good at, right, to confound us, to make us just confused, like, God, but I'm not no good at that. You're asking me to speak in front of 10,000 people. That may happen, but we sometimes got to do, listen, if we do the natural, God will do the super every time. If we do the natural things, God will do the supernatural. But we got to do our part. And this today is us saying, all right, God, I want to be used by you, but I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do my part and begin to get excellent at the lane and the area that you've called me to do. Excellence takes at least, now again, if I had to put the, you know, the whole uh, prescription of what you're going to need for excellence, it, it would have been a book and then I could have sold it to you. But it takes at least these two things. Looking through tons of studies, reading tons of books on excellence, reading all kinds of things, looking, talking to people. These two always come to play. You have to practice. You've got to work at it, right? Anybody ever here preach on a Sunday morning? Four or five people? I know, I see senior pastors like, no, I don't know what to, I'm not raising my hand for this. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand for this next part. But how many of you have preached when you've spent hours in study and preparation and, and on your face before God? And not that anybody in this room would have done it. Some of us before maybe have known somebody that has gotten up on a Sunday morning and just preached because they just weren't ready because life got busy and all kind of things happened, right? Now the supernatural can come into play there and God can say, I got your back, even though you're not prepared. But we always feel so much better when we prepare, when we study, when we work at it, when we practice. Practice and natural ability. What is excellence? Excellence is a quality which something is good and passes the standard, right? Something is good, but it also passes the standard. It's got to go above and beyond expectation, right? Nobody returns for average. Nobody drives an hour and a half to go get average ice cream. Where I live now in Youngstown, anybody ever had uh, Handel's ice cream? I know they got some other locations now. They're actually even in Toledo. Um, but Youngstown uh, started Handel's ice cream. And it started with just one location. It was a horrible location. It was down a one-way street in an alley. But people would drive for 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Every day there would be a line for this ice cream. And it wasn't because it was average. And it was actually expensive. It was actually expensive ice cream in, a, in an inner city, low-income, bad area of town. But why did people come? People came from everywhere. Why? Because of the excellence that they did their product with, right? How many of you guys go to a church in a horrible location? My hand is up, right? Horrible location. Our church, the campus that I work at, it is um, in between, try to say this correctly, it is in between the hood and the Amish. Okay? If you go right off the main road, you will run into a horse and buggy. If you go left down, just don't go left, right? You won't have your car anymore. And it's in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing else there. Honestly, across the street is a strip club, and there's nothing else. 
There's nothing else for a mile and a half either way. Mile and a half this way is the inner city, mile and a half that way is horse and buggies for the next 30 miles, right? Out in the middle of nowhere. Church now, eight campuses, over 2,000 people. Why? Because of excellence, right? It wasn't because of any one person, they, but excellence opens the door for Holy Spirit to come in. Excellence is usually found in just a little extra effort. So many of us get so, so close. I don't have it here, but I know some of you guys have probably seen the picture before of, you know, uh, different examples of, like, the tipping point, like, you know, just the top of a mountain inside the water, and there's this massive thing, or you get, like, just the guy digging for gold, and he gets, like, this close, and he stops and gives up, right? That's where it comes into. That's where excellence is. Excellence isn't easy, but it takes sometimes just a little bit more. It takes just a little bit more. Well, God, what I'm doing, we're trying to get this started, and it's just not working. One, it might not be what God's got for you, but two, it might be found in just a little extra effort. Just a little extra effort. I'm going to give you a couple steps to excellence. So I've got a couple fill-in-the-blanks there if you missed the first two. Excellence will take you places average cannot go. First one there, excellence will take you places average cannot go. And the next one, excellence is usually found in just a little extra effort. Give you three quick steps to excellence. This is for you, for your team. Three steps to excellence. Step one, set the expectations. Set the expectations for yourself, for the team you work with. Whether Listen, a lot of times we give ourselves the excuse of, well, they're just volunteers. Anybody ever used that excuse before, or is it just me? Okay, keep your hands down. I see your eyes doing like this, right? Sometimes we use that excuse, but volunteers can operate in a spirit of excellence. They absolutely can. And honestly, sometimes I've had volunteers that work better than employees that we pay a, a very healthy salary, right? Why? Because sometimes they just need the expectation for them. What do you expect, right? How many of you guys have ever been, and you don't want to raise your hand, but think about a time where you maybe worked for someone or for a company or from an area where there was no expectations, where you didn't know what was expected? It is hard to hit the goal when you don't know what it is, Right? You could go in and say, oh, we just had an amazing service. We had, you know, 45 people water baptized and, and this many people that and this many people that. And you go into your senior pastor or to the, or to the you send the stuff into the district. And they're like, that's great. But we don't care about people getting water baptized. We want people filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so you know, why? Because the expectation wasn't set. It is important for you to have clear expectations not only for you, but if you work with a team and your team can't come up to you and you can ask them, hey, what are the expectations that you think that I have for you? If they can't tell you, that's your fault. That's your fault as a leader. Your team should be able to repeat to you the expectations that you're setting for them, right? And odds are most of us don't. Our teams couldn't tell us that, right? So step one, set the expectation. Step two, tough one. How many of you guys have ever taken the DISC personality test? How many of you guys have ever taken any personality test? Okay. Most of, most of us, a uh, good friend of mine, he goes to our church, Sandy Culkin, he, he, he does the disc, um, and, and he goes around all kinds of churches and, and throughout the country and teaches the disc. He told me that about 80% of people's personality refuse and hate to change. Hate to change. But in ministry, in life, we have to be ready to change. Why? Because if you don't change, you're going to have what you had yesterday. Right? And you might be sitting there saying, we've got an amazing church, we've got a thousand people, all kinds of things are happening, but is that really where you want to live in God? 
Because God doesn't have limits unless you give them to him. Right? God doesn't have limits unless you give them to him. So you have to be prepared to change. Right? And the truth is, if you've ever been to change, if you decide not to change, things will change. You just won't be on the bus anymore. Because change is inevitable. Step three. The leader's path to excellence, and this is sometimes not easy for a lot of us because we're now leaders, right? We should have people doing stuff for us, right? But the leader's path to excellence is always traveled through serving. You have to be a servant first. You have to serve with excellence. You can't expect somebody else to do what you haven't done. And sometimes we think that serving is a location and a destination, not a process. Right? Well, just when I become the worship leader, then I won't have to plan out all the stuff because I can have one of my singers do that for me. Or when I'm a youth pastor, I won't have to do that because I'm a youth leader team. Or when I'm a senior pastor, I won't have to do that because I've got a ton of, so many volunteers I won't know to do with. Right? Said every senior pastor everywhere. Right? The leader's path to excellence is always traveled through serving. You've got to serve. You've got to be a servant. You have, we hear the term servant leadership so often in the church world because we know it's the right answer, but a lot of us don't do it. Excellence. Preparation is important. Talk about practice. Again, you can't just show up on a Sunday morning and expect things to go amazing. You have to plan your work, then work your plan. Again, don't raise your hands, but how many of you in this room have a one-year plan for your area of ministry this year? Not in your head. If it's in your head, it doesn't count. Right? What about a three-year plan? Do you have a three-year plan written down somewhere? Have you talked to somebody about it? What about a five-year plan? What about a ten-year plan? What about a fifteen-year plan? You're like, I don't, I can't think fifteen minutes, let alone fifteen years. Right? It's important because what you plan, you give power to. If you plan it, you give power to it. The Bible says that our words are powerful, that we can speak life into things, right? And if we don't plan it on purpose, it'll plan it for us, and it will end up in a place that we didn't want to go. So plan your work, then work your plan. That's a part of excellence. You can walk into a place and you can tell if somebody was prepared for you. Hopefully today you don't walk out saying, he was not prepared at all, right? Hopefully, right? I'm good. I'm so, so far so good, right? Okay, thank you. Talking about preparation. I've built now, I've not built any. I have paid other people to build a house for me a couple times. <laughs> Nobody wants my wife would not let me build anything. No. Yeah, yeah, so let me, re let me rephrase. I have paid other people who know how to build to build. Anybody ever here ever been a part of either building a house or a building project at your church, maybe at a high level? Okay. I'm right now in the middle of, uh, of preparations for, um, anybody ever done a parking lot remodel? at their church. So if anybody's in the parking lot business, I'm taking uh, bids right now. Um, all, all the bids so far for our parking lot are almost a million dollars, just for our parking lot. So if anybody wants to give me a discount, I can uh, maybe pull some strings. But when somebody builds a hot, <laughs> All right, yes. We already did that, that's why we have huge holes in our parking lot right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Uncle Jimmy, I can do this for you. You know, him and his, yeah, not, not good. Um, but for, for leading with excellence, just as, like I said, been a part of having a house built, I've never seen a carpenter, at least a good carpenter, and we know Jesus was a Jewish carpenter. We all got bumper stickers, and we've all seen it. 
But any carpenter, any good carpenter, will always do this. They'll always measure twice, and they'll cut once, right? Who will do that? A carpenter whose company it is. It's his dollar, it's his dime. If he cuts that wood wrong, he's gotta pay for it. People that don't cut, measure twice and cut once are usually the higher help. People that have no buy-in to the situation, right? How do I know this? Because every project that I've been a part of, I've seen waste, and it's almost never come from the owner, right? Because you have to have a, that expectation that even if you're not the owner, that I'm gonna do things with the spirit of excellence, right? Because a lot of, let's be honest, a lot of this is ours anyways. I don't care if you're the lead pastor, co-pastor, founding pastor, uh, CFO, COO, all kind of O's, whatever you are, none of, it's not yours anyways, right? It's God's. And we have to lead with the spirit of excellence because we know that when we lead with the spirit of excellence, he will honor that. Ben Franklin says, there is no one useless who helps lift the load of someone else. And if you've ever been in a tough time when you just need somebody, right? I think I was just talking with Pastor Josh. They got a, another campus and they set up all the time and set up the day before, tear down. Anybody do set up, tear down Sunday morning? Mobile locations. And if you've never done that before, you're probably not really saved. I'm just going to say, if you need to go back, you need to go back and just check your salvation. Listen, it's like, it's like a local missions trip. And I'm not talking about, you don't got to stay there for the service. Just go help them set up a tear down. We did that in Austin, and it was, I mean, setting up teardown in 105 degree heat before 8 a.m. is just, it's not godly. It's not good. I got a place you can help. <laughs> That's right. We got sign-ups right after, right after this. We got sign-ups. But you can be excellent. You can be excellent, and you don't have to have a fancy nameplate. You don't got to be the pastor. You can be a greeter, and you can do it with excellence. As long as you're helping lift the hands of the leaders around you and the people in the church that you're a part of. Excellence is about focused and intentional practice. We talked about practice earlier. Again, all those hours, those 13,000 hours that I played and practiced basketball, almost all of them were not intentional. Anybody play any instruments in here? Any, uh, any musicians? A couple people? That's always been my problem. I've played guitar for 16 years, and I've probably got about 24 hours of intentional practice. And this is why I'm no more better than I was at 13, because I, I'm really good at a couple things, and I just play them because it makes me feel good about myself. Because I can do that really good. You know, oh, do you know how to play guitar? Absolutely, let me show you. And then I'll play something, and they're like, you are amazing, play something else. I'm like, I don't got time for that. Because I've got nothing else. I've got nothing else, right? Excellence is about focused and intentional practice. People tend to dream of excellence. Again, if I were to ask you, do you want to be excellent? You're probably here today because it sparked you, right? It, was, it, it caught your eye because you want to be excellent. Almost everybody, if you ask them if you could choose between average and excellence, they would almost all say excellence unless they're a teenager. Because I've asked them, like, well, would you rather be rich or poor? I don't care. Would you rather be excellent or horrible at things? I don't care. Right? They, that's, those are teenagers. But this is you. People tend to dream of excellence, but we focus on the lack. Right? Again, we all can have big dreams. We all can give you the right answers. Right? Tell us, Pastor, what is your dream for the church? Well, I just see, you know, you could go on and on and on. But when it comes to the next day, you're crying out to God, God, we don't have enough. We don't have enough volunteers. We don't have enough people. We don't got enough dollars. Because that's what happens. We dream of excellence, but a lot of times we focus on the lack. Spirit of excellence can start by taking something you do now or something you see being done and just take it to the next level. 
I tell people that I teach leadership development and growth for a living, meaning that I get paid more than I do at the church, right? Other pastors said hallelujah, right? So I always tell people, no matter where you're at in leadership, scale of one to 10, if you're a four, I don't want you to think about becoming a seven or eight or a nine or a 10. I want you to think about becoming from a four to a five. Clear next steps are so important for us in ministry and in life because we get sometimes so focused on the end game that we don't we forget about the step right in front of us, right? Clear next steps are not only important for us, but also for other people maybe that you're mentoring or that you're leading. Because we can sit down and say, oh, you know, little Johnny, I can see a call of God in your life. You're going to be the next lead pastor. And little Johnny's 13, and he, he don't even he's not even water baptized yet. He's not even he doesn't even read his Bible. What is the next step to you having a spirit of excellence, right? Clear next steps. And here's the truth. The only person that can really tell you the clear next step is you. Right? It's that flashlight faith versus the big picture. Right? We don't need a spotlight. God gives us a flashlight. We take one step at a time, and then by faith, he opens up the next door. So we go from, all right, God, I realize I'm a five, and my leadership or my excellence, and I, I, I can't, I want to be a ten, but I'm going to worry right now. I'm going to have the faith that you can help me get it to a six. Right? You might not have a billion-dollar budget at your church. If you do, come speak with me afterwards. we got some, some things you can help us with, right? But most of us don't have a billion dollars sitting to become excellent at everything. So we got to plan. we got to plan accordingly. we got to prioritize what's important. And the things that you prioritize, you then can take them each up one step at a time. Start with thinking like an owner. This is kind of a big thought that, you know, if, if you're in any kind of personal growth in the last two years. This is a, a thought that is kind of out there in the church world and in academia um, and in the business world, but it's important and I don't want to pass it up because being excellent starts by everywhere you walk, you put on the filter, the eyes of, this is my house. These, this, these people, right, you might not be, the, uh, you might not be the, the children's pastor and you see a family in the hallway and you just pass them up because that's not your, that's not your area. That's not... You have to think like the owner. You have to think like the senior pastor. You have to think like, you have to think like Jesus is really what you have to think like, right? So when you walk through the parking lot and you see trash, you don't wait for the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go send an email to the janitor and let him know that there's trash in the parking lot, right? You think like an owner. You do what Jesus would do. You do what you would do if this was yours. Think like an owner. Give people ownership or ask for ownership if you can do it 80%. I was I've done other teachings on um, really giving things to other people, giving them the ownership, because that's what people want. People want to feel valued, and they want to feel wanted. People want a place to serve. You know, we were talking earlier, it's sometimes hard to find people to serve, but people want to serve. If you do the, the spiritual gifts test, actually, one of the highest percentage that people have is serving them, right? We just have to give them the right tools and the right areas to do that. So if you can do something at 80%, Give ownership to somebody else and teach them to be excellent. Teach others, right? Those gifts are not just for you. Maybe you are the most excellent at everything you do. Stop doing them. You're like, hold on, that doesn't make any sense. Stop doing them and then begin to train somebody else, teach and train somebody else to do those same things in excellence. Excellence is not meeting the standard, but setting the standard. It's not meeting the standard, but setting the standard. I spent 18 years, my first 18 years of my life in Toledo, Ohio. I love Toledo. It's great in a lot of ways. It's my home. But the standard to me was here because that's all I'd seen. I didn't know there was other things that, you know, how many of you guys love to travel? Okay, usually everybody raises their hands for that. How many of you actually travel? 
Okay, good. Okay. You people are like, again, not, you know, traveling's expensive. So, um, if, if you've only seen what you've seen so far, and you've never experienced other things, that's why coming to meetings like this is good, because sometimes you just get one thought that sparks something that will really take you to the next level. But if you only, if you only think about what you know right now, right, and that's the standard, then you may think that you're excellent. How many of you, again, well, this is AG Church, Fine Arts Festival, perfect example. How many of you guys have ever been to fine arts as a judge or a person, or maybe even as a contestant, um, whatever, you know, our game show here, and, um, or been a part of it in any way, or, or have a student maybe that's went fine arts, raise your hand real quick. Okay, as a teenager, I went to fine arts. One time, because my spirit was crushed. I went one time, and I thought I was excellent. Right, I thought I was the best of the best of the best, now, I'm not a prideful person by nature, thankfully, but the people are talking, oh, you know, the church people, the people around me, the people that were in my circle, you are the best, you're amazing. Now, that's, there's a place for that, for sure, but I, sometimes I tell people, I'd rather you just be real than, <laughs> be real with me rather than trying to make me feel like I'm right. So, you know, you're amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing, and I go to this place where I think I'm going to be one of the best, and I still end up in the top ten, but their excellence, my level of excellence was here. I didn't even know it could have went here, right? And so sometimes it's just the knowledge of us getting it. I didn't know I could. I didn't know our door readers could do this. I didn't even think about that. I didn't know that we could, for for pretty cheap to, to nothing else, we could take our worship team to the next level because we didn't even realize that that level of excellence was attainable, right? Because sometimes we got to see it to see it. You know what I mean? That's why that's why relationships like this, getting and mingling with other people are great. I, I tell people all the time, in things like this, like Synergy or different conferences, the best part is lunchtime. Not because of the food, because the food is good, but it wasn't great, right? But it's because you guys get to talk with each other, you get to build relationships, and you get to ask questions, and you get to be real with each other, right? Because that's where you really can realize and find out where you're at and where else you can go. Excellence honors God and reflects his character. This is why we choose excellence. If you walk away with anything, walk away with this. This is why you have to get better. And that's for each and every one of us today. I'm not pointing anything out to anybody specifically, but this is why you have to get better. I don't care what level you're at. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care if it's your first day in ministry or if it's your last day in ministry. You have to get better. Why? Because excellence honors God and it reflects who he is. That's who God is. God is excellent. And again, there's a balance to that. It's not an unhealthy excellence, but it's what God touches, everything he makes, everything he's done is in a spirit of excellence. God doesn't make junk, right? God doesn't make junk. Three reasons, and we're going to finish up here in just a little bit. We're almost done. Three reasons why we don't lead with excellence. I'm going to give you these three reasons, and there's more. But these are just three, as I went through studying and, and talked to some people, these are three pretty common reasons why we don't achieve excellence or sometimes we don't even try. One, we all know fear of failure. It is a real thing. Being afraid to fail is scary. Especially if you're an S personality, you just, you want everybody to like you. You're an SI, you, you just really, you, you want the approval of people. So you don't want to try something if you think there's even a chance that I could fail. But that's stopping you from getting, becoming excellent. 
right? Because you try, you gotta try, you gotta practice intentionally, intentionally until you exceed. So number one, fear of failure. Number two, this is for the church world only. I do this same teaching kind of in the business world, and I don't put this in there. But this is for us Christians, right? We get afraid that we'll look prideful. We get afraid that if we do it good, other churches are going to point at us and laugh and say they think they're just better than everybody else. They're trying to be better than us. Or what most churches say is they copied off of us anyways, or insert whatever churchy comment you want to put. But that's a fear that we have. We have a fear in the church world that we'll come across prideful. Right? And now pride is not, and we know their pride is not a, something we want to venture to, but you can have a healthy balance of doing excellence and not be prideful because it's about your heart, right? And that will come across, but we have a fear. Sometimes we don't do things because we don't want to appear prideful to people. And last thing is fear of growth. What if I do something in excellence and it actually works? I'm not, gonna, I'm not doing another building program. Right? I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. We get afraid. Now, we wouldn't say, I'm afraid of that. We'd say, of course, God, bring whatever you want to bring. We would say that, but if we're serious and we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we don't take these next steps to excellence is because we, we know, if we're honest, and we really trust God, He's going to do what He says He's going to do. And sometimes we don't trust our own, and that's okay. You might not you know, trust in your own ability and your talent and your, the level of excellence you have, but if you give it to God, He'll do it through you. Amen? Amen? But sometimes we get so afraid to grow. I've talked to so many pastors who, uh, you know, we want to add another service, but I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, who are we going to get to be the, you know, to be the staff during that time, or how are we going to, where's the money going to come from, or where, what about this, and what about that, and, and all these logistical things. Sometimes we get afraid to grow. Anybody ever been there before? Right? What do, what do I do? I'm scared if this happens. I'm scared if this works. Remember when I started the business? I wasn't afraid to fail. If I fail, I'm, I'm just done. I'll just do something else. But if I was successful, I was afraid of that. How am I going to manage that? How am I going to handle that time? How am I going to do all these different things? It was very scary. Excellence is not perfection. Okay? We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect because we know the one who is perfect. Amen? Amen. We don't have to be, and that's sometimes what we put on, I'm not going to start it until I, I'm able to be perfect. I'm not going to join the worship team until I can be perfect. Now, there's a balance there. If you seem like a goat, please don't just join the worship team, right, and, and say, I'm going to get excellent on my way, right? But you have to have a level of competency to do this. But if you're 80%, you feel like you can jump in, jump in and do it. Jump in and do it and begin to work as long as you're growing. That excellence can happen. Excellence is going above and beyond. If you have staff or you ever work with somebody, I've got, I oversee a lot of different areas in our church. Uh, I oversee about eight staff members who just take care of our facilities and our, man, our, our facilities and our maintenance and they do all kinds of things. And this, that going above and beyond, I've given people pay raises just for that. Not even really good at some of the things they do. i got a guy on our team, who, he's on our maintenance team and he can't build nothing. I mean, he's horrible. Right? But he has a sweet spirit, he's prompt, he's on time, and everything he does, everything he does, even if he's bad at it, he goes above and beyond. Right? If you ask him to clean this floor, he'll clean this floor and that floor. Right? Now, again, there's balance to that. Like, you can't clean that floor because somebody else just cleaned it. You know, like, but it's the point of somebody that goes above and beyond is gold, especially in ministry. Because most people, what do they do? They ask you, what, what's the bar? 
and that's where I'm going. If you ask me to run a mile, the Bible says we should go get right, but people ask me, how far do I got to go? That's as far as they're going and no further. Right? And there's other reasons for that. But if somebody in leadership and is able to have excellence to the point to where they go above and beyond in the things that you give them, that person is gold. And that's the kind of person you want to invest your time in as a leader. Don't find the most talented person. Don't find the prettiest person. Don't find the, you know, the most extravagant. Don't, don't, all these things. Find somebody who everything that you give them, they go above and beyond. Because that's, that's the moldable clay that you can find and, and you can begin to give them other things that you know that you can trust them. Because in this world we live in, we know that trust is one of the most important things that we have. If you can't trust your team, if you can't trust your staff, if you can't trust your coworkers, you've lost that. There are things we work for and there's things we wait for, but excellence takes both. Don't leave here and get discouraged tomorrow if things aren't excellent all of a sudden. Because you gotta do both of these things. You have to work for it, right? You can't just go buy it from somebody. Well, what if I just bought better staff? You, still, you gotta still develop them. You gotta develop them for you. You can go get the best, you go get the best worship leader out there and think that they'll be excellent, but they, they're not gonna be excellent for what God's called you to do. Right? Because each and every one of us, each church, yeah, we're a part of a bigger picture, but we each have a local predicament that we have to answer. That God's called us uniquely to answer for, for our area. There are things we work for, and there's things we wait for, but excellence takes both. I want to thank you guys so much. You guys have been awesome. Hopefully you got just something, something small that you can take back today, take back to your team. And I encourage you, listen, before you leave, if somebody popped in your mind earlier that you know that you want, to, you can take them from where they're at to one step up, set up a meeting today. Hey, when I get back next week, let's meet for lunch. Just talk about that. Maybe it's a staff member, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's somebody who works along with you. Right? Maybe it's your leader and you say, hey, I want to meet with you because I want you to help me go to my next level. I want you guys to be a part of doing that. I'm excited to hear all the testimonies next year of, of how you guys took your excellence from where you were today to where you want to be. Amen? Yeah. Let's give God some praise. Thank you guys so much.